become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. I don't know where you pixies came from, but I sure like your pixie juice. You're listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. I am the Jaystrom. Welcome to the show. This is Entertainment Landfill News. Um, welcome. And here with me is Stephen the Pop Woo-hoo! Hey, woohoo! Long time. <laughs> do you remember how to do the show, Stephen? I don't know. Do I? I think I just talk, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, all you got to do is talk, man. Sweet. That's all you got to do. And uh, guys, this is uh, Entertainment Landfill News. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry we've had little. Uh, would you say sabbatical? A couple of weeks yeah, where you haven't done the show? Off, yeah. uh, Adam Sexton and I did a show, but I haven't done a show with you for a while. Yeah, Just... I was on vacation, and I could have joined in with you guys. But yeah. no, Jason forgets all about me. <laughs> yeah, because did, we did that like on a Wednesday during the day. Yeah, it was the Wednesday before... And, cause the week before kept, Thanksgiving. Things kept happening on Friday, like either I'd have to pick up Heather from the airport... And then, like, Emma had a school thing where she was performing on stage the next Friday. My friend had a birthday party, so yeah. I went to dinner with him. Last Friday. And um, Bill dropped a log on his foot, on his big toe. Uh, so, just, just different things have been happening that have kept the show from, uh, you know, being made. Congealing. Ouch! Yeah. Poor Bill. Uh I think he, he said he went to the ER emergency room last yeah. night. Yeah, for his toe, because he said it wouldn't stop hurting. It was getting worse. But he got some antibiotics, and they took an x-ray. I don't know if it's broken. But if you have a broken toe, all you can do is buddy tape it, right? Yep. I can't put it in a cast or anything. Uh, they, could, they could probably give you one of those boots to put on so you're, you're not flexing it, maybe. Oh, yeah. I bet the worst thing could happen is they just amputate your toe, right? So, it might be best at some kind some <laughs> instances. You never know. Yeah. Would you rather lose a toe or lose a toenail? Just the nail. Uh, I yeah. I've, it's happened before. Ow. That hurts. 
That hoits. Okay, anyway, on to more pleasant things, Stephen, because that's grody. Yeah. And when Bill posted that, I was like, why did you post that picture? Gross! <laughs> but I remembered one time I posted a picture of my toe. Do you remember that? It was Vaguely. like my pinky toe. I was walking down the hallway, and just my right toe caught the door frame, and I kicked it really hard. And I was like, oh! Rack a fracking mother! Beep, beep. You know, it was just like... <laughs> and later on, I looked down, and my toe was like dark purple. And I was like, damn, that thing looks broken or whatever. But I, it wasn't broken. It was just really swollen and eventually jammed. went down. Yeah, like and I, I didn't lose the nail or anything like that. So I lucked out. But man, does that hurt. It's, it's not fun. Yeah, so now I just wear shoes all the time. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm getting ready for bed in my pajamas, I'm wearing shoes. Steel I, toes. <laughs> I, tend to, I tend to knock my knees more than my feet. You know, if I'm walking around barefoot in the house, I'll kind of lead with mm-hmm. my legs. Oh, yeah. You know those little red stool, stool things right there? Yeah. Whatever you call them? In the shins? Man, that hurts. <laughs> oh, I've done it several times. That sucks. But hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'd like to... Uh, Say hi to Adam Sexton and Ken Preventure in the chat room. Hey guys, what's up? Hey Adam, hey Ken, woohoo! Thanks for listening live, man. We're here to deliver all sorts of awesome medical uh, advice. Yeah, if medical you, advice on toes. Stubbed a toe. <laughs> and we're going to talk all about film, television, pop culture. There's a lot of trailers coming out. Uh, exciting trailers. There's. Uh, we've missed a lot of things to talk about from the past couple of weeks, but. Uh, I think we got enough stuff to entertain ourselves. But, Steven, I just want to say, next Friday, freaking Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story, yeah, like, comes out. Wait, I think it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I was like, was it, is it next week or the week after? I couldn't think, because the week after, I'm, I go back on vacation again. Next Friday. So, next Friday starts my vacation with Rogue One. Yes, so, and you and I have already talked about, we're going to go see the 1020 showing on Friday. And I'm sure I'll see it multiple times. Yeah, and then on Saturday, we'll see it again, <laughs> and then Sunday, we'll figure out what time to see it. And Monday oh, afternoon. Gonna be <laughs> Monday afternoon. Yeah, that's right, Emma will be on break, so hey, see it on weekdays too, hell Heck yeah! Matinee, baby! And somewhere in there, probably on the weekend, that'd be cool, like Saturday night or something. I don't know when would be convenient. Because if we're going to see it 10-20 when the movie's over, we're not going to like, okay, let's hit record and start talking about this. We might. We might be jazzed up. <laughs> yeah, like all pumped up. But we'll definitely record a reaction show of that. I'll make sure Bill's toe is better by then so he can uh, say something to us. If we have to go up it. there and chop it off ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be nice. Just, just cut it off, man. I gotta do the show. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and then carterize it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Need some sizzling noises. Oh man, that would be perfect. You know, we, I, we do have one somewhere. No, that's Jack Bauer chopping off uh, a head with a samurai sword. <laughs> oh, here. Okay, Bill, we need to carterize it. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We got sound effects for everything. <laughs> Speaking of sound effects, Stephen, you know, uh, recently there, we won't talk much about this, but it's so funny because, you know, the election happened and I was, uh, you know, we won't even get into that. But I saw someone tweet. You know, no matter what happened with our crazy election and all that stuff here, someone tweeted, 
Meanwhile, in Canadian politics, and I watched this video, and it's hilarious. You got to hear this. This is Canadian Parliament, and this actually happened in Canadian Parliament. I made a clip of it. You got to check this okay. out. Why does this government treat Alberta like a fart in the room that nobody wants to talk about or acknowledge? That is where my constituents have been at with this government for over a year. As I'm giving this speech, there's liberal members across the aisle that are laughing at me. And they're laughing at you. The Honourable Member for uh, Saanich uh, Gulf Islands. She corrupt my friend in her speech, but I heard her say a word that I know is distinctly unparliamentary. And I think she may want to withdraw it. The word was F-A-R-T. Are, we ser- are you serious, Mr. Speaker? Like, is my colleague actually serious? I just gave an impassioned speech that's about the, supporting the, Alberta jobs, and that's what the leader of a political party stands up and has to say? No, I don't withdraw it. Decorum is important, and respect is important to this place. I remind those who are now heckling me that you are breaking the rules of this place when you do so. In dealing with unparliamentary language, the Speaker takes into account the tone, manner, and intention of the member speaking. The person who, whom the words at issue were directed, and it goes on. She said fart, Stephen. <laughs> That's unparliamentary. Yeah, I like that. Like a fart in the room. Yeah, she said fart, and uh, that's Canadian politics for you, Stephen. How, how great is that? <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> I just, I watched that and I thought it was hilarious that, okay, you know, more team, you know, it's kind of <laughs> polite politics, isn't it? The word was F-A-R-T. Yes. Oh. <gasps> so I don't remember which one it was, but the where the guy, they started uh, beating the dude with his shoe in their uh, parliament type yeah please would that happen in canada do you think no <laughs> Probably I, I, was it in japan where I they were know. fighting ken <laughs> but uh i just thought that was funny um also there was one other clip you know we haven't played clips in a while on the show but i saw this on judge judy uh, you know don't you think memes online are funny well, some certain, are. certain memes some are. are but did you know some people pronounce it wrong you know, they don't call him Mimi. They call him a Mimi. <laughs> and this guy was on Judge Judy suing this woman for posting a meme about him uh, being abusive or something like that towards somebody. And she has to defend herself. And this is what she said. Um, this is a Mimi. I did not start this Mimi. I did not make this Mimi. And I did not share this meme. <laughs> she repeatedly said Mimi over and over again. It's just. Funny. I'd say it just to annoy somebody that I, I, I knew it would be. You know, I know what's wrong, but you'd, if you knew it would bother somebody, would you say it, Mimi? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, to annoy someone. Mm. Who, but uh, Ken asked you uh, what, Stephen. Basically, he's like, "What, uh, Ken?" Stephen was asking if in Parliament, uh, there, what country have fights broken out? I was thinking it was a J- Japanese one that where they. They went after the dude with a shoe or something. The word was F-A-R-T. But. This is a meme. Who knows? Some kind of meme about that or something? I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll get back to you. Now, one thing I want to talk about. Steven, a new Spider-Man trailer came out. Spider-Man Homecoming. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. It was the U.S. and the uh, international trailer. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Would you like to watch it right yes, now? Yes, please. All right, let's watch it. Turn 
up, guys? Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Oh, that was awesome. Does Liz get a new top? No, we've seen that before. Never with that skirt. She probably stops staring before it gets creepy, though. Yeah. Too late. You guys are losers. So, to become an Avenger, are there, like, trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, good. Good luck out there. Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. I got Michael Keaton as the villain. That's a good choice. Nice. Spider-Man, he's in the Marvel Universe, you know? So what do you think of that? That's nice. I saw the little teaser where he got the spider suit with the web wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw that little bit. I was like, oh, cool. And then I Very saw cool. The, I'm excited. I saw I, the trailer for it, but I didn't watch it. I read, you know, some negative things like, this, this just looks like another Marvel movie. And to that, I just say, yeah, yeah. whatever. Stupid heads. Dumb poopy heads. But, you know, one thing that's funny is I actually had to watch an episode of Jimmy Kimmel because they premiered it on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh I didn't want to wait till this morning to watch it on YouTube, (laughs) even though that's exactly what I did this morning. But I watched Jimmy Kimmel just for that. And when the trailer was over, it flipped the channel. (laughs) (laughs) Time to go. What do you think about that as Michael Keaton as the vulture? I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's going to be cool. I, You know, Michael Keaton disappeared for a while. Like, thought he re- retired from acting. And then he did the... Um, Birdman. Birdman. He's back with a vengeance. And he's got that new movie, The Founder, where he's like the founder of McDonald's. That looks very interesting. Hmm. I'd like to check that out. That looks pretty good. Yeah, it's him, uh, Nick Offerman... But anyway, it looks interesting about the... haven't seen that. They're the McDonald's brothers, and then Ray Kroc kind of stole McDonald's from them in a way. Uh, He franchised it, but Mm -hmm. he found some way to kind of screw him out of McDonald's somehow. That's what it looks like to me from the trailer. Gotcha. Because you've been in a McDonald's before where it says founder Ray Kroc, and there's like a picture of him on the wall of like every McDonald's, there's a plaque. Have you ever noticed that? No. I haven't been in McDonald's for a while, but uh, there's a plaque in every McDonald's with his face on it. Basically avoid McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I was mostly there 
like we'd go inside when Emma was real little, mm-hmm. you know, when McDonald's is a place that seems appealing <laughs> yeah. or like the Playland or whatever. But uh, I'm I'm excited. You know, when I watched this trailer, I was like, you know, that's about what I want. You know, when you think about the Sony Spider-Mans that are really overblown, overdone, too much plot, you know, stuff with... Uh, you know, Peter Parker's mom and dad, maybe they caused him to be Spider-Man. They were working on something and they were murdered. Were they murdered? <laughs> and you got Sally Field. She's working in the hospital or in the airport. Where was she working at? Remember the hospital. She, she was, was a, a nurse. nurse. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking of the last movie, how they showed the, you know, he was fighting the Green Goblin, but then they would cut to people in an airplane. It's like, who are these people? We don't care. Get back to Spider-Man. Those movies just had too much going on. And I love this idea. I've seen some people like, oh, why is he in high school? I disagree. Spider-Man, the early years, Steve Ditko's Spider-Man, Spider-Man was a young kid and he was in high school. And he eventually goes to college or whatever, but why not make him young? I like this idea. Yeah, appeal to the new, you know, younger kids and stuff. That's awesome. The Spider-Man's for everybody, and I can definitely relate to Spider-Man as a geeky teen who can't show his true strength. He gets picked on or whatever. He can't like kick their asses and it'll. You yeah, know. what do you want a sixty-something-year-old Spider-Man with web dysfunction? He can't shoot. <laughs> yeah. And there's been stuff, you know, of course I loved uh, the Sam Raimi, Raimi Spider-Man, especially Spider-Man 2, and I like things about Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, but those movies were flawed. Uh, I'm excited about a new take on Spider-Man, and uh, I like that nowhere in this, I feel like my mic is popping or something. I hear popping too. Yeah, is that my mic? La, la, la. Something's making my mic pop. It's very annoying. But... We're getting no hint of an origin story. Like, we already know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. He okay. was in Captain America Civil War. He's already got his powers or whatever. We don't need to see the origin story anymore. No. Which is great. Just tell some stories other than the origin. Maybe the opening credits will be like, Have a little flashback, by a radioactive maybe. spider. I uh. became Spider-Man or something like that. I don't know. But uh, it's nice that we don't have to relive that. Now, another trailer that came out, Steven... I heard it again. Why is making my mic pop? I don't understand. La, 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 la. Sorry. <laughs> it seems like if I get too loud, I hear a little pop. Right. Pop, pop, pop. Okay. Is it on mine when I talk? No, it's not. It's on your mic. It's on my mic. Something making my mic pop. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just time to buy a new headset. Okay. War for the Planet of the Apes trailer came out. Did you see that? No. It's going to be apes fighting humans. You want to watch the trailer of this one? Yes. Let's check it out. Okay, War for the Planet of the Apes. Let's check this out, Steven. I'm sure humans and apes will get along, right? Famously. Okay, got them riding on the beach. Which is an iconic shot. I not start this war. Shut up. 
human history <laughs> has led to this moment. The irony is we created you. And nature has been punishing us ever since. This is our last stand. And if we lose, it will be a planet of apes. Oh, it looks awesome. Doesn't that look awesome? Yes. Kill those rotten humans, right? <laughs> Use a little guerrilla warfare. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one, Steven. I like that. That's gonna be somebody's gonna steal that line now. It's gonna be a headline. <laughs> okay, Steven, another trailer. Did you see The Last of Us 2 teaser? What's funny is uh, I saw the story when I watched the trailer. Um, I'll show you the trailer. This is a longer hours. Oh wait, an ad, Stephen. Less pay. What the hell? And loud. <laughs> it's because I'm not watching it on YouTube. It's on Polygon's video player. They have to show us an ad. But um, at PSX, uh, they showed this teaser trailer last, and it surprised everybody because you know we didn't know what it was. Nobody knew what it was, and then it comes on, and it's just like, oh. So I'm going to show you the trailer real quick, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, here we go. There's one more, there's one more special on the veil we have for you tonight. Uh, the game is in early development, super early. So and, be but out the for team years. behind <laughs> it wanted to share this with you guys today. So uh, this is from their updated engine. Running on PS4, all I'm going to say is thank you for coming. Please enjoy. Very cool. I almost wish I hadn't shown you. Steven, just watch his trailer and then. I love the audience reactions. Like, they're like, what? What is this? Very cool. Ellie with a guitar. It's like a live studio audience. And I fear no evil because I'm blind. 
to it all in my mind my gun they comfort me because I know I'll kill my enemies when they come surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell on this earth forevermore said I walk beside the still waters and they restore my soul but I can't walk on the path of the right because I'm wrong Can't walk <laughs> Everybody sees joy because that's the right Cause I'm wrong What are you doing, kiddo? You really gonna go through with this? And I'm going to kill every last one of them. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. Cool teaser. Part two. So cool. And after I watched this, I watched it a couple of times, and I started thinking, uh, it's so funny that, oh, no, you don't. You're not going to play another video about the world's largest fish market. (laughs) Um, I started thinking, what if Joel's dead? What if he's right there? He's a figment of her imagination, like part of her subconscious talking to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, that might be interesting, but we've seen that done before. Uh, uh, you know, we've seen it done a lot of times, actually. Hopefully that's not what it is. But then I saw this article, The Last of Us Part 2 teaser divided fans over one big the- theory. Sony revealed The Last of Us Part 2 over the weekend with a trailer just long enough to give viewers something to speculate about. Like any popular unproven internet theory, this one has The Last of Us players taking sides for and against it but mostly against it. The video for The Last of Us introduced us to an older, battle-scarred Ellie seated alone in a bedroom, except she wasn't completely alone. There were dead bodies strewn all over the house and blood running down her forehead, suggesting Ellie might have had a hand in their demise. There was one other body in there with Ellie, though. Joel, the hero of, and Ellie's guardian in the first game. We don't see Joel for very long, and we never see him from the front. But it was enough to convince fans that he's not actually still alive after all. Instead, Joel is dead, appearing before Ellie as some sort of guide from beyond. Now, I didn't think he was a ghost. I just think he's part of our imagination. Plot twist. This is someone tweets. Joel is dead the whole way through Last of Us 2, and Ellie is imagining him while she hunts down his killers. Think, and this is somebody else. On, uh, think about it. After everything Ellie's been through, what would drive her beyond anything to be mad? 
On top of it, Joel walked into the house appearing as a ghost, kinda. Joel is more than likely dead. Someone else said, Popular theory right now is that Joel is dead and Ellie is reminiscing over past events as she plans to take revenge on the Fireflies. That Ellie is the lead playable character in The Last of Us 2 could lend credence to that theory. Naughty Dog has been careful to mention both characters when discussing the game thus far, saying that Ellie and Joel will return. That hasn't deterred fans who consider themselves savvy in the ways of narrative convention. The prevailing thought seems to be that Joel, who survived through the end of the previous game, either dies at the beginning or sometime before Part 2 begins. (laughs) He's like, we have no idea. It's just speculation. That's heartbreaking for anyone who grew attached to Joel and Ellie in the last game. It's not that either camp is fond of this theory. It's just that some fans feel very strongly that it is most likely the story. Those against the idea have made their opinion well known. Their opposition well known. Why does everyone assume Joel is dead? The rumor has blown up so much. I have people arguing. uh, Stop saying Joel is dead. Let me have one good thing this year. People saying Joel is dead need to stop because I'll be so upset. You can't do this to Ellie. She's been through enough. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, people are... And that's an easy speculation to get from the trailer. So I would say... If I'm making the game right now and I saw everyone speculating that, it's like, guys, we can't do this. We got to change it. It's too obvious. And no, let's not do it. That theory I had, I wonder if he's dead. Like everyone had it at the same time. Very interesting. But I'm excited for that game. I know that it's going to be a while. All right. Another story. Justice League 2 filming pushed back to make way for a solo Batman film. Zack Snyder's Justice League sequel will shoot later than expected as to make way for filming on Ben Affleck's solo Batman film ahead of Justice League 2. Snyder will shoot the long-in-development thriller The Last Photograph. According to The Hollywood Reporter, The Last Photograph's smaller-scale shoot fits perfectly in the opening left by Justice League 2. Having first entered development in the mid-2000s in a period that followed the successful 300, the last photograph... Why are they talking about the last photograph now? I don't care. So anyway, they're pushing it back and we'll see the Batman film. We're going to see Justice League first, then the Batman Batman film. This is Justice League 2 is pushed back. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Do we care at this... We're talking years from now. Yeah, you're talking three years? Yeah. Is this like uh, shocking news or anything? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, this is interesting, Stephen. J.J. Abrams is developing a space drama for HBO. That's right. He doesn't have a hand in enough TV shows. HBO is reuniting with Westworld producer J.J. Abrams for a new sci-fi drama. See, they just said it in the headline and the first line. Uh, Mm -hmm. We got that? The premium cable network has announced it will work with Abrams and his bad robot production company to develop Glare. An hour-long drama exploring the colonization colonization of another planet. I'm going to say glare. <coughs> Horrible title for a show. It's a lot of sun in the world. <laughs> According to the Hollywood Reporter, they were going to call it Lens Flare. World. <laughs> flare. Oh my god, flare that would have been perfect. Flare World. <laughs> <laughs> Javier Golan. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Will write the script and serve as an executive producer. He previously had a blind script deal with Blad Robot. The project hails from Warner Brothers Television through its overall deal with Abrams. 
Ben Stevenson, the former BBC head of drama turned head of development for Bad Robot, will executive produce. Abrams, of course, has a long history of television serving... Okay, here we go, Stephen. Serving as co-creator and creator of Felicity, Alias, Lost, and Fringe as executive producer of Person of Interest, Revolution, 112263, Almost Human, and Roadies. While he's found a big screen success with Mission Impossible... Wait a second. Isn't he one of the um, producers of Westworld? Yeah, it says reuniting Westworld producer. Why didn't they list it down there? I don't know. Maybe it's because they already said it. I'm having. Well, I mean, they've said it in the headline. They said it in the first line. Why wouldn't they say that again <laughs> just later? Say it again. My throat is all <laughs> of a sudden real scratchy. I'm kind of screwed here. That's it. Show's over. Popping mic, etc., etc. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm back. I'm fine. Super Mario Run is a new game for iPhone. I believe it'll eventually come to Android a year from now. It's Nintendo is doing a Mario platformer for phones. How cool is that? Okay. But then I read this. Super Mario Run won't be playable offline. That's right, Steven. You're going to have to play it with a connection to 4G, LTE, or Wi-Fi. Won't play it. Super Mario Run, lost <laughs> a mobile game many would love to play while in the subway, will require an always-on internet connection. Bummer. Shigeru Miyamoto, Mario creator and the producer of Super Mario Run, told Mashable... Sorry, <laughs> I'm a mess right now. That the Endless <laughs> Runner mobile game will require an internet connection to play on all of its modes. He said that this is just a requirement that's been built into the game to support security. When asked to clarify if this was a safeguard against the risk of piracy, Miyamoto said, yes. He said, si, senor. Oh, is that, oh wait, that's, yeah. he's not from... Okay. Miyamoto also said that they had thought at one point that it would be nice to have the World Tour story mode available standalone to be able to play it without that connection. But because the other modes require networks, saves... It ended up not being possible. We're launching in 150 countries, and each of those countries has different network environments and things like that, he said. So it was important for us to be able to have it secure for all users. Well, that's well, that's all understandable. It kind of sucks to know you won't be able to play Super Mario Run on a long flight or stuck on a train. Guess you'll have to find another distraction. That is stupid. It's dumb yeah. that they're doing this. Dumb plan. Dumb, dumb, dumb. They've shot themselves in the foot. It's just dumb. It's not going to work. Not going to work. Okay, Steven. Fast 8 has a title. It's now called The Fate of the Furious. Better title than Glare. But not Flare. <laughs> Glare. Yeah, Lens Flare. Flare. I got nothing. The Fate of the 8th Fast and the Furious film film's title has changed shortly before the release of the first film. Okay, Fast 8 is now called Fate of the Furious. Now, here's what they do in the first paragraph. Fast 8, as the film has been previously referred to, as well as Furious 8 in F8 on social media, is now officially titled The Fate of the Furious. The teaser showcases the film's multiple international locations to the franchise, this time around including a street race in Cuba and a ice gondola chase scene in Iceland. Now, I just assume that. It's going to be in gondolas, right? Yes. The title change is in line with the frequent altering of names of the franchise, which now include The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast 5, Fast and Furious 6, Fast and Furious 7, 
or Furious 7 and the fate of the Furious. Shouldn't it have been F8 of the Furious? So it would be fate. They could have easily done that. Yep. The first trailer will broadcast live during an event Sunday, December 11th. I know we'll all be parked in front of the TV, Stephen. I gotta see that. You excited? Yes. The Fate of the Furious will feature the returning cast members Vin Diesel, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, not to be confused with Sugar Crisp, and more! Charlize Theron will play the villain in the film, while Oscar winner Helen Mirren is also jumping on board of the series as part of the 8th Fast and the Furious film's cap. We already know it's the 8th film, why do you keep telling us? God, shut up! Right, Steven? Right. Jesus. God, well, come on, where is it? There we go. Alright, Steven, the third Cloverfield movie gets a new release date. Okay. Okay. Get- I'm excited. The third installment in the Cloverfield universe. <laughs> They're doing it again! It's like if you work for uh. IGN, it's okay. I want the headline, but then I want you to repeat the headline in the very first sentence. <laughs> and then explain in the second, in the first paragraph. Why it's the, being yeah. released. The third installment in the Cloverfield universe will arrive on October 27, 2017, the day after my birthday. The J.J. Abrams produced God Particle, which is widely rumored to be a follow-up to The Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane, was originally dated for February 24th. However, as Deadline reports, God Particle has now been removed from the Paramount's release schedule, while 2017 Cloverfield movie has appeared in the fall release slot. Directed by Julius Ona, God Particle was billed as a film about crews of two spacecraft who see the Earth seemingly disappear after an accident using the Large Hadron Collider. Hadron Collider. My guess now is that the it's a Cloverfield flick. It was probably aliens that did it. The film, whatever title it... This is the writer saying it, not me. Yeah. He's a dope. Whatever the title turns out to be released under will star David Oyelowo, Gugu Mabatha-Ra, Ziyi Zhang... Elizabeth Debicki. Is somebody trolling me with these names? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Debicki, Daniel Brohl, and Chris O'Dowd. Hey, I can say his name. With the Cloververse in full swing, the expectation is that we'll see a new film in the franchise annually from here on. Oh, boy. That might not be a bad thing. We called 10 Cloverfield Lane a remark. Oh, shut up. I don't care what you said about it. I enjoyed the film. Do you care what they said about Steven? No. Are they jerkwads? Yes. <laughs> totally like leading the witness. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, God Particle, Stephen. You excited? Yes. Awesome. <sighs> Very excited about the God part. The God Particle. Wait, I like that better than Cloverfield. God Particle, that's a cool mm-hmm. title. Um. Okay. Ooh, that's a cool poster of... Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. So after War for the Planet of the Apes, will they just release, then will Planet of the Apes come next? In the... Starring Mark Wahlberg? No, <laughs> just kidding! Then, then the rocket has to come back. Yeah, how cool is that? Okay, yeah, Adam, you got it right. Fate of the Furious. Oh, John D. Waltz is in the, uh, up in the hizzy chat room. What's up, man? 
All right, here's a show that I wondered about. I heard about it like way back in the summer. NBC superhero show Powerless will premiere in February. February. The network will have its own superhero show to compete with ABC and Fox. Okay. You know, Fox, they have Gotham. Okay. Okay. I was just trying to think. It's not really superheroes in that show, though, is there? Not yet. In ABC, you know, they have uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I watch. Uh, they should have said the network network will have its own superhero shows to compete with ABC, the CW and Netflix or something like that. Anyway, see, I, I should be the editor for this website. NBC is trying to get in on the superhero television hype train. I added train. That sounds better, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. We should write for them with powerless. <laughs> It's a satirical take on the genre that exists within the DC universe, and now the comedy finally has a premiere date. That's right, the network confirmed today that Powerless would premiere on February 2nd, joining its winter-spring programming block, and just a few weeks after the show's return from their mid-season hiatuses. Hiatuses, that's a tough word right there. Mm-hmm. I've seen hiatus, but not hiatuses. Um, by the way, Stephen, a hiatus is a pause or gap in a sequence. Okay, NBC has not confirmed how many episodes Powerless will have in its first season, but based on whether it's entering the schedule, it shouldn't be too surprising if the series only clocks in at 12 episodes. The show follows a group of regular people working at a life insurance company in a world where superheroes and villains are running rampant, while Batman, Superman, and other superheroes are off causing havoc. Emily Locke, played by Vanessa Hudgens, is left ensuring that the families of people who are injured or killed as a result of their carelessness are taken care of. Oh, that sounds like really fun. (laughs) This is a comedy? That sounds kind of dark. Polygon saw the first episode of Powerless back at the San Diego Comic-Con, and out of all the Warner Brothers TV series that premiered during that block, Powerless was by far the one that stood out the most. As the premiere date draws closer... Polygon will have a full review on the series. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, by the way, Danny Pudi from uh, uh, Community and Alan Tudyk, who plays the droid in the new Rogue One, also star in the show. How cool is that? I would be so awesome to be able to play a droid in a new Star Wars film. Okay. The new C-3PO kind (laughs) of... Yeah, something like that. Some kind of droid dude, man. He's like a robot or something, <laughs> man. I'm better. I'm past the scratchy throat part. I guess, you know. Now, oh, here's time. an interesting story I saw. And it made me think of something that I hate uh, about Netflix now. Netflix introduces video previews to help you decide what to watch. Now, let me uh, get into the story, and then I'll tell you what I hate about this. Netflix has introduced a new preview function that will play when users hover over a title to help them decide if they want to watch it, the company announced today. According to a blog on Netflix's site, the goal of the preview video is a part of an attempt to make the streaming experience better. The company is set to launch more original content than ever before in 2017, with more than 1,000 hours dedicated to Netflix-owned and produced TV and movies. And in order to not overwhelm subscribers with an endless choice of content, the preview has been installed to help make the decision, making the process easier. We know we have less than 90 seconds to capture someone's attention and get them excited about a title. 
Stephen Garcia, director of Project Innovation for Netflix. Stephen, PCZ Stephen, not Stephen Garcia, please. That's right. That's why we're introducing video previews into the browsing experience. Okay, before I read any more, can I just say, horrible idea. This does this right now when I'm watching on Xbox or PlayStation 4. If I'm watching... To see what a show is about, about, you have to click on it just to read the plot. And meanwhile, the show starts playing. It just starts playing, the movie or whatever. And you don't want it to play. You just want to read what it's about. Right. It's so annoying. Like, stop. It's a horrible feature. It's it's annoying. It's uh, I was about to say a bad word, Stephen. Effing it's, horrible? <laughs> it's ridiculous is what it is. And now they've introduced it to, it's going to be on your tablet and phone too. Do you think I want a show to start streaming on my phone before I know what it's about? But I'm not going to watch it on my phone anyway, but you're just eating up someone's bandwidth at that point, right? right? Don't do that. It's Have it where you can just read what the show's about. If I want to see the preview, let me click preview. Yeah. Or watch a trailer. They have a trailer function. Watch the trailer of the show or a movie. Right. Not just start it. Meanwhile, it doesn't show you what it's about when the movie starts anyway. It has the the company, the studio, opening credits begin. You don't know if you want to watch the movie or not based on that. So it's silly. It should, it should have an option of just watching a trailer, I think. Right. And if it's a TV show, a, a clip of the TV show, like a, a trailer of the TV show, too. This instant streaming, like while you're reading about the show, is just annoying. And I'm gonna, I'm wondering if people down here, let's see. This is a uh, comments. Yeah, great. I already hate the video starts automatically in the background whenever you want to read a bit more about something. See, there you go. I stopped using Netflix on my PS4 because of that. The app on my TV isn't as nice to use, but I don't have to deal with autoplay. Same here with my PS3. It would only happen with the loudest, most gun-blasting movies and would scare the shit out of me because I wasn't expecting it. Someone else says, thank God it's not just me. I swore I must have clicked that as an option at some point and couldn't find how to turn it off. It's the stupidest idea. They let us turn autoplay off between episodes. Why not this? Someone else said, thank you. It's so annoying having to scour the net for trailers for new things that pop up just to figure out if they're worth watching. Now just move it to a button and I can click instead of something that automatically plays. I'll be, oh, this is someone who's for it. It's also hard to believe this wasn't already a thing. So I'm going to say the majority of people hate it. And that one guy's like, oh, this sounds cool. But he said a button to click. So, I mean, yeah, that that's kind of along what we were saying. Okay. Yeah. Play the trailer. Click. Yeah. It's, it's a really dumb so, I mean, feature. I hate it. And it, Every time we're, like, going through it, by the way, like, Heather's watching me, oh, let's find something to watch. She'll go, can you turn that off? It's so annoying. And I'm like, no, I can't figure out how. I've been through the settings before. The settings are, like, for subtitles or something like that. There's Just nothing about turn off Send an email play. to them. We will be canceling Netflix but, because of and, your auto-fucking-play. Yeah, oh, and, sorry. <laughs> and then that new, f- they're, they're promoting it. that new feature like they're excited about it. It's like, no, it's annoying as shit. Nobody likes it. Now, Stephen, I have a kind of a sorry for the f bomb. That's all right, Stephen. It's better than this word. I won't even say it. The word was f a r t. Yeah, at least I didn't say that word. Very bad. Like a fart in the room. Whoa! Ooh! (laughs) That's bad. Bad. 
Parliamentary procedure broken. <laughs> Stephen, very serious story here. Actor Judge Reinhold are embarrassed by airport arrest. That's right, Stephen. Actor Judge Reinhold has said he is embarrassed after being arrested in a confrontation with security officials at a Texas airport. Love Field, you've been there. I was just there today. How cool would it have been if you were there going, loved dude, it. that's Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Holy shit, that's Judge Reinhold. Oh my God, that's Judge Reinhold. Would you have been, would you have yelled would this, have yelled. Stephen? I hope you had a hell of a piss, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Police say he was held on a disorderly conduct charge after refusing to go through screening at Dallas Love Field. Authorities say the 15, 59 I can't believe he's 59. year old then declined a pat down. Reinhold co-starred in 1980s films such as Beverly Hills Cop and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, come on. Did he what say, I'm Judge Ruth- effing Reinhold? <laughs> yeah. Ruthless people? <laughs> According to reports, the actor used explicit language. Oh, my God. What do you think he said, Stephen? The word was F-A-R-T. Oh, that's not good. And he took his shirt off after being asked to undergo a second screening. Reinhold's attorney said that the actor had successfully passed the Transportation Security Administration scanner and was stopped only after his bag raised an alarm, according to the Dallas Morning News. The lawyer added that the actor did not understand why he needed to be searched after he had gone through the scanner without incident. Brad, we're going to have to search you, Brad. (laughs) This was not the best plane trip ever, Brad. As Reinhold was led away by the police to jail, he said to journalists, Thanks for the exposure, guys. Glad you're here. I saw that video. He's, He's handcuffed and he's walking by and he goes, Thanks. Thanks for the exposure, guys. By the way, trending on Twitter yesterday, if found guilty, he could pay up to a gasp $500 fine. By the way, can I just say, I love Judge Reinhold. How great is he, though? (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry that this happened to him, but think about how great he is in those movies. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is one. I just can't believe he's 59. I know. I, I I, I would have thought, thought he'd have been, well, I mean, I just, and Ruthless People, he's so great in that. I love the part where uh, he's the, he's there for the ransom money, but right. then the other guy shows up and he's like, his tires get shot out and the guy's like, hey, how'd you do that? And he goes, you got me, buddy. And he goes, where's your gun? Well, you got me. I don't have one. It's just really funny. <laughs> But it's so big and impressive. Excuse me? But yeah, Judge Reinhold, hey, don't be embarrassed. This happens. Steven, this probably happened to you, right? Yes, all the time. I take my shirt off. <laughs> no, no, I mean, the, I mean uh, has the, the TSA, TSA ever had said, sir, can you come over here? Yeah, yeah, I've been. I think what happened is he he might have just been having a bad day and he was just like, why do you need me to do this? Come on. I'm not doing anything. He basically did what you're not supposed to do, which is get upset. Just right. do, do whatever they say and move on. But I, instead he's just like, I don't have time for this shit. Just leave me alone. I'm judge Reinhold. Okay. The, the guy I've been working with, he gets upset when they want to search a little more in his bag and he's kind of, he gets snarky with them, you know, and just yeah, like, just like, dude, stop. I'm not with him. Just yeah. check my bag, whatever you need. Baby sounds terrible. 
baby. Yeah, don't get an attitude with them. Just they're doing their job, and yeah, he he just told, this happened. I guess he said uh, Monday. He's like, I was standing there, and uh, they had my bag over to do the additional search on it. And the guy comes up, you know, I've been standing there for a couple of minutes, and the guy goes, is this your bag? And he goes, no, I'm just standing here for no reason. <laughs> oh, that's a bad attitude, young man. It's like, um, yeah, it's my bag. I'm just waiting. Yeah, you got to do your test on it. Whatever. You're just like, oh, no, I'm not doing Before next fall, you're in need of a serious attitude adjustment, young man. You better get your priorities straight. And watch out with that other crowd you're running with. Don't think I haven't noticed. Exactly. Okay, Stephen, it's time to read some Rotten Tomatoes. Uh Did you like all those news stories this week? I did like them. Stephen, a new film came out called Office Christmas Party. That's right. It's uh, one of those, you know, uh, what do you call it? A uh, ensemble comedies with a bunch of people. It's got some TNA. Uh, yeah. No, okay. I don't know. Let's see. Oh, okay. It's rated R for crude sexual content, language throughout, drug use, and graphic nudity. TNA. Hello. All right, guys. Woo-hoo. Okay, so, Stephen, this stars Jennifer Aniston, Jason Bateman, TJ Miller, Kate McKinnon, Randall Park, Olivia Munn, uh, Rob Corddry, Vanessa Bayer from SNL, it's got Courtney B. Vance and some other people in it, okay? Well, currently, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at a 43% rotten. Okay. Uh, critics' consensus. Its cast of gifted comics is good for a handful of laughs, but Office Christmas Party's overstuffed plot with ultimately proves roughly as disappointing as its cliched gags and forced sentimentality. Okay. Well, that tells me nothing. I gotta read what Stephen Witte of the Newark Star-Ledger says, Stephen. The supporting characters are the people who are funny. They're the people we care about. And every time the movie cuts from their mad antics, the whole film starts to deflate a little. Like a Mylar balloon from the discount party store. Mm. MJ Designs. Yeah! Stephen... Oh, wait, wait. I'm oh, sorry. Susan... S- Wozniska. 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 I don't know. Is that Chisnia? Chich. Oh, Susan Chechnia. Let's there just say that. Yet another reminder that allowing your cast to madly improvise instead of actually providing a coherent script with a scintilla. With a scintilla. Scintilla. Of logic, often leads to that's right. Just like gleaked all over the monitor. <laughs> often leads to a decline in sustained laughter. By the way, a scintilla, Stephen, is a tiny trace or spark of a specified quality or feeling. Just so you know. Okay. I know you didn't know, right? No. Let me just clean off my monitor here. <laughs> um, so anyway, who cares what they have to say? Let's figure out what John Simley said thinks of this movie. He says. A joyless, laughless, that's right, not even one laugh, affair, that proves how indulgent and worse, boring, ensemble comedies such as this become when the ensemble has next to no natural chemistry and even less of a script to riff off of. Wow. Did he see the script? I'm just kind of (laughs) wondering. 
He really didn't like it at all. Uh, let's see what uh, Vikram Murthy of the movie Mezzanine said. As far as by the numbers, big budget major studio comedies go, Office Christmas Party is perfectly adequate. Hey! I'm looking for perfectly adequate this weekend. <laughs> it's perfectly adequate. Dan Liebarger of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Hey, Adam, do you know this guy? It's an odd film where the actor playing an Uber driver gets more laughs than the top built stars. Perhaps there's a better party in her car. <laughs> I don't know if I understood that at all. Yeah. Jackie Cooper of the Huffington Post. The Jackie Cooper? I thought he was dead. Me too. Lewd and crude, as well as warm that and dude endearing. Looks dead in the photo. <laughs> yeah. But mostly, it is laugh out loud funny. Wow, that guy, he gave it a 7 out of 10. Sweet. Come on, Adam. Just say you know the guy. That would have made my night. Um, <laughs> he just said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Welch of IGN says, The set pieces and memorable sporting characters do a lot to help it in the long run, but with a cast as stacked as this one has, you can't help but be confused by why it wasn't any better. 5.7 out of 10. Wow, a 5. Perfectly adequate. <laughs> yeah. That's adequate. It sounds totally adequate. Rad Hayen Simon Pillai of now Toronto said, do you think I got his name right? Not even close. <laughs> the office party is that peculiar event where you get turned by, but proceed with caution. The movie has some fun with that dilemma. It even gets the spirits up when it's mixer gets anarchic. But where do you go from there? I don't understand any of what he said. He gives it a two out of five. Did you get any of that? No. Okay. I like this guy's name. Roger tennis. This boisterous comedy may not be art, but there are much worse ways to spend a couple of hours. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. I'm just looking for Pete Travers here. What the hell did Pete Travers say about this? Oh, Jeffrey Lyles of Lyles Movie Files. Sweet. Office Christmas party might not become an annual viewing tradition, but it's enjoyable enough for those seeking a raunchy holiday treat. 7.5 out of 10. Booyah! That's beyond adequate. <laughs> beyond adequate. I love that guy. Jeffrey Lyles of Lyles Movie Files. I want him... I hope he has a card that he hands people. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Lyles of Lyles Movie Files. I'd like to go see a movie with Jeffrey Lyles. Oh, here Lyles we go. Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times says, Have you ever worked for a company that failed miserably, despite all the wonderful and talented people working there? Office Christmas Party is the holiday comedy movie version of such a business. Two out of four. Okay. Two out of four. That's adequate. <laughs> Two out of four. Oh, here we go. Pete Travers of Rolling Stone says, Talk about holiday buzzkill. This pooped party brings you down from all the jokes that don't land and the flop sweat pouring off good actors who's forced to cheer is exhausting. I give it a one out of four. Pete! That's below attic. He's the optimist guy. <laughs> He's so optimistic. He loves everything and he doesn't like this. This movie must suck. I'm going to go by that barometer. Pete Travers doesn't like it. Your movie sucks. Am I right? Yep. 
Now, there's this other movie that's uh, come out called uh, La La Land. I don't know if you've heard about that. It's got uh, got the uh, Ryan Gosling in it. It's got Emma Stone. It's got uh, J.K. Simmons. It's got I like the J.K. Simmons guy. Yeah, it's got John Legend, and it's a musical. So, uh-huh. it's a musical. They sing and dance in this, Stephen. Turned off. <laughs> Are you turned? <laughs> <laughs> You're turned. Okay, here we go. Brian Lowry of CNN says, As good as La La Land is throughout, the last act elevates the movie considerably, and while everything here has roots elsewhere, the way Chazelle strings these notes together, I hope I'm saying that right, somehow looks and sounds fresh and new. All right. Well, he liked it. James Bernadelli. Bernadelli. It's more vibrant than Chicago, more heartfelt than Les Miserables, and more successfully staged than a chorus of other contenders. He gives it a fresh tomato. Wow. You know what's funny is uh, I took Emma to uh, a musical in the theater. It was a Fathom event. Zachary Levi was in a musical called uh, She Loves Me. And it's already off. Uh, it's they already did their whole run, right. but they filmed, I think, one of the final performances, and then they put it in theater. And I was like, Emma, why don't we go see this? How cool would it be? You know, uh, big Zach Levi fan. Plus, she loves. She's really getting into theater now in school, and she went to go see Phantom of the Opera with her grandmother, and she saw like Macbeth, and she saw she's seen the Nutcracker twice during Christmas, so she wanted to go see this. Oh, here we go again. <coughs> Steven, help me. Oh, I got TB all of a sudden. So we went to see She Loves Me, and it was awesome. It was wonderful. The wonderful um, musical, the songs and everything, everything's very uplifting, and it's very funny, a lot of laughs. So I think taking them into musicals might be our thing. Maybe I could take her to see this. Uh, I'm excited about it, because it's nice sharing something with your child who... Pat Less- Trevor should love it because it's in the. Not Pat Travers. Pat, what was it? Uh, the Rolling P- Stone. Pete Travers. Pete Travers, yeah. Kurt Loder, remember that guy from uh-huh. MTV? Spectacular song and dance scenes rise up out of the story like ex- exhalations of pure joy. Wow. I still hear my mic popping, by the way. Mm. Exhalation. Yeah. I'm going to have to throw this in the trash. This thing is basically. This thing is uh, 40 since, years old. This is my first headset I've used on the show. Mm-hmm. There's something about like the level of voice that's making it pop. You're going to have to uh, autograph it and send it to somebody. Yeah. This is going to... Oh, gold plate? Or what do you... Dip it in brass? Uh, bronze. Bronze it. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <clears throat> I knew there was a term I was thinking of. Bronzed baby shoes. A.O. Scott says... It doesn't so much look back longingly at past masters like Vincent Minnelli, Nicholas Ray, Stanley Donan, and Jacques Demy, to name a few, as tap into their mojo, insisting on their mod- modernity. Their modernity. Modernity. Mo- the quality or condition of being modern. <laughs> Just say that. <clears throat> it's some classicism in the same gesture. So we liked it. I, I oh let's read a bad review. These they're praising the shit out of this. Okay, here we go. Amy Nicholson of MTV says, "I wish La La Land felt more like Chazelle's personal vision that he tap dance his own path instead of this eager to please mashup, the movie equivalent of Samba Tapas." 
I thought Chazelle was a woman. Chazelle? Yeah, who is Chazelle? I don't know. Is it like Giselle? Pete Travers says, Lala does nothing less than jolt the movie musical to life for the 21st century. You leave exhilarated by Damien Chazelle's nonstop inventiveness, dazzled by Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and thrilled how they made movies magic again. Wow, he gives it a four out of four. He loved it. He tab danced through the aisles when it was over, Stephen. He did. Where's the Lyles movie files guy? I'm getting really disappointed, Stephen. Where is he? I don't see him. Why don't you just have him bookmarked? Does he? (laughs) I should have bookmarked a lot. Ooh, Eric Estrada. Let's see what he said. Of course. Poncherello said, La La Land is technicolor (laughs) fantasy you have to see on the big screen. Read the full review in Spanish. Well, I can't read Spanish, so I won't do that. But thank It'd you. It'd be anyway. fun to watch you try to read it or listen to you try to read it. <laughs> okay, if you want me to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it might be more offensive than anything else. I might say a word like this. The word was F-A-R-T. Mm-hmm. No, Lyles hasn't seen it yet. This is a meanie. Yeah, they could create a meanie out of it. So, um, anyway, that sounds cool. Now, another movie, this looks hardcore, Nocturnal Animals. Have you heard of this film? Yeah, I have. Winner of the Grand Jury Prize at the 2016 Venice International Film Festival from writer-director Tom Ford comes a haunting romantic thriller of shocking intimacy and gripping tension that explores the thin lines between love and cruelty and revenge and redemption. Academy Award nominees Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal star as a divorced couple discovering dark truths about each other and themselves in... Nocturnal animals. I like the Amy Adams. Yeah, she's great. And you—I never did see the Alien flick, the Arrival. She great in that. She's good. She's good. Did you walk out of that movie and go and walk I about? Was elated. Did you take a walk like around the block a few I times? I think. You had to think. <laughs> I go and walk about. Steve, Bill has seen it. You've seen it. My dad's seen it. I haven't seen it. I need to see it, don't I? Yeah. At, at my buddy's uh, dinner party last week, or you know, we went out to eat. The people next to us was like, "We didn't saw the arrival." I had to watch a YouTube video to explain it to me what I saw. I was like, uh, "Are you like uh-huh. rubbing your head?" Uh, yeah, okay. Guys, uh, Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> when the movie, I knew. Yeah, I got the movie. <laughs> Maybe they were on their phone the whole time. So, uh, when you not- gotta have a YouTube video explain a movie to you. <laughs> hey, I needed one for uh, the Zack Snyder movie. What was that called? The one with the girls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't Come remember. on, you know the name. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is it? <laughs> yeah, it Adam and I talked about it on the last show we did. It's, um, uh, come on, Adam, just help us. Tell me what movie we're talking about. I almost had it. I got to say it before you do. You know, it's Zack Snyder directed it. It's a bunch Mm -hmm. of girls Mm -hmm. and it's called Sucker Punch. Got it. Sucked it out of my brain. Finally. I, you know, we saw that we came in a theater and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really know what to think. I got to think about this for a while. I'm just kind of like, 
And I watched this video where some guy explained it. Ah, I beat you, Adam. Too late, buddy. <laughs> so um, talk about a sucker punch. So I uh, watched this, and the guy explained it. Was that a sucker punch? That wasn't a very good sucker punch. the bread basket. How about this one? That's a sucker punch. So anyway, Robert Horton of the Herald Net said that finding substance between those surfaces is not easy. What? That one sentence from his review makes no sense. Usually they have kind of a good synopsis of a review. It says... Finding substance beneath those surfaces is not easy. 1.5 out of 4. That says nothing about his review, does it? No. That's really bad. Sean Burns of Spliced Personality says, An admirable effort by all involved. Nocturnal Animals ends up being one of those films that's more fun to talk about afterwards than it is actually to watch. <laughs> I'm Sean Burns and I'm out of here. All right. He's... Pretty proud of himself. But Maura McDonald of the Seattle Times. Nocturnal Animals is, I think, a beautiful mess, but I might have to watch it again to be sure. Okay. I think it looks interesting, but it looks kind of disturbing, too. Like, these creepy yeah. guys pull them over and stuff. I don't know. This is kind of like something I'll watch on cable one day. But, Stephen. And dis- be disturbed. <clears throat> yeah. December 16th, Stephen. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, comes out. Super excited. I'm ready. And I'm out of stories. And I'm on vacation that week. Yeah. Steven, have you seen any movies lately? Just The Arrival. I think that was the last one I saw. Okay. And Uh, then I told you I saw the Netflix Stranger Things. Did you like that? Yes. Was it awesome? Yes. Beginning to end, you watched all of it? Yes. Cool. I I really liked it too. I'm trying to think if I've watched anything. Um, what shows are you watching right now? Um, you getting caught up on. Um, working on Shield. Agents of Shield. I'm all caught up on that. I I, I very um, much enjoy that. What do you think of Ghost Rider? The... I thought Ghost Rider could have very easily been cheesy, but I I'm just, enjoying it. Uh, I'm like. Two shows into the Ghost, or maybe three shows into the Ghost Rider portion. Oh, okay. So it's early on yet. He he'll grow on this, you after a bit. So this, yeah, this was the third one where he kind of joined Shield. Mm-hmm. The, what the about episode. the the CW shows, um, superhero shows? I I've got so much crap recording, I can't get Supergirl recorded. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I did like Supergirl, but I've got other things recording at the same time. Have, are, did you, did you watch the Invasion crossover? Yes. What's funny about the Supergirl episode I is missed I, the, I missed the Supergirl vision, but well, I saw the other three. What's funny, though, is you didn't miss anything because what happens at the end is uh, 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 um, um, uh, Barry and Cisco show up in her apartment. And they're like, hey, we need your help. And she goes with them. And they show that same scene in The Flash again. Mm -hmm. So you didn't even need to watch Supergirl at all. You missed nothing. (laughs) It was a regular episode until the very end when she comes home. So I watched The Flash. I watched the Arrow version and the uh, Tomorrow. uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I thought it was fun. At At times it felt really rushed. Like uh, like they were doing a lot of stuff, and it, it felt hectic. But I thought it was entertaining and fun, though. It was fun seeing them all fight and stuff. I yeah. mean, I know they don't have much of a budget for, like, aliens right. and stuff. But 
you know, at times I, I forgive them for any cheesy effects that they have just because I think I it's mean, fun. if you watched Smallville, then this is, like, way better. <laughs> and I was trying to think, like, why do I like these show, but Smallville drove me crazy? And I think it's because I'm having fun with these shows, and Smallville, I wasn't. I was just groaning. These weren't really taking the, this. These aren't taking themselves so serious. Yeah, the Flash, especially the Flash, has moments. It's mostly a lighthearted show, but it has serious stuff happening. Yeah, uh, Arrow is more of a serious-minded show with some moments of levity and comedy, but it's mostly dark. And Legends of Tomorrow is just they're being silly the whole time. It's yeah. more like the balance of fun and action is probably the best on that show. Yeah. I think. Where they're just having a good time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that crossover was a lot of fun. And did you see it got like insane ratings? They like did great. It's like oh, yeah. the best ratings those shows have ever gotten. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, so that means more crossovers in the future. Yeah. And I'm excited. <laughs> There's this new show called Legion coming to FX. It's I saw a, that. Based on an X-Men, the X-Men universe, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, Adam, that uh, don't think I have forgotten that I have a voicemail by Adam Sexton. And let's listen to that now. Hopefully he doesn't say this word, Stephen. The word was F-A-R-T. Oh, Adam, don't say that word. That'd be so offensive. Okay, let's check it out. Adam Sexton voicemail. Let's go. And play. Hello, uh, this is Adam Sexton. Hello to the Entertainment Landfill crew. Hello to Jaystrom. Hello to Bill, the man-assed muscle beast of Ohio. And hello to PCZ <laughs> Steven. And hello also to fellow listeners and uh, fellow patrons. Uh, this is Adam Sexton uh, leading some vo- leaving some voicemail through, uh, uh, some feedback through voicemail, I should say. I uh, just wanted to hit on a few things. First off, Jason, once again, thank you very much for inviting me uh, to be a special guest on an episode of ETL Daily. It was so much fun to talk to you about uh, Nintendo Switch and Doctor Strange and all these movie trailers coming out. And yes, I did actually get around to watching The Beauty and the Beast and Ghost in the Shell. Uh, and I enjoyed both of them. I, I think they, they could show a whole lot of promise uh, one trailer that I hope you and the crew talk about tonight, since we didn't get to it, was uh, John Wick Chapter 2, because I'm a big fan of that movie. I'm assuming everyone else is, too, and uh, can't wait for that. Next time. Uh, second thing is the Patreon-exclusive episode that you recently posted. It was very charming and obnoxious and i loved seeing a part of uh a part of your life that you apparently had the good sense to document i don't know if i can ever listen to it again but uh it's it one thing i'll definitely re-listen to is the songs that you put at the end of it uh i know it's you know poor sound quality but that band was just rocking, and Jason, I think you did a really good job as a frontman for it. Oh, thanks. I also like the anecdote about how that band was basically how you and Heather met. So thank you for sharing those uh, wonderful and uh, painful parts of your past with us. And uh, I hope uh, there's some more uh, material like that in the future. 
uh, third thing is, uh, I talked to, I, and I expressed interest. I'm not the only one. I believe uh, Ken Preventure did as well, or Stephen Swiley. Uh, Swiley. Uh, uh, we've all expressed some interest in the Filmstruck uh, app, the service, yeah. which is basically the home of the Criterion Collection. And for Black Friday, the only thing that I bought for myself was an Amazon Fire TV stick, which was on sale for thirty bucks through Amazon, and nice. it's one of the very it's one of the handful uh, platforms you can actually use the app on if you want to watch it through uh, your TV. Which why would you want to watch movies on anything other but your TV? Exactly. But uh, it, it's it's a fantastic uh, app, uh, device for streaming apps. But uh, I'll move on more to uh, Filmstruck. It's got. Most most of the material that Hulu had for like what you know four or five years, but they've added a lot of supplemental material to it, and I and I have more confidence in Filmstruck that they will add uh, content to it on a, like a weekly or bi weekly basis. I just want to know if Bad Ronald's on there. One of the features that I, uh, I love that they have is that they will take a movie from their collection. And they will add all of the supplemental materials for it. For example, the week that I started watching it through the Amazon Fire TV stick, they had Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch film, and all of its supplemental materials for it. Uh, and I think that's so freaking cool. They'll have like double feature. They'll have links to like double features for like a Friday or a Saturday night, oh. or if it's based on a specific theme or so. the 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 user interface is wonderful. So if you're a fan of the Criterion Collection like I am, if you're a fan of world cinema, if you feel you need to brush up on it, I would highly recommend that you get like a like a Amazon Fire TV stick. I mean, it may not be on sale, but uh, I think the most you'll have to pay for it at this point is like 40 bucks for it. And that's a pretty good uh pretty good price for what you get from that device. Uh Fourth thing I want to talk about because I we didn't I mean we covered so much material in the ETL daily that I didn't have time to bring it up. Uh, my current favorite thing as far as video games is Titanfall Two. Oh, nice! Uh, I love the campaign. It actually gives you a compelling reason for being in that universe and for what's going on. The multiplayer has been refined to like you know you know almost perfectly. And I, I still just love going in there, you know, shooting things, blowing things up, and doing it both yeah. on foot and in my uh, in my Titan. So I hope uh, you know. It, it, and it's it's had the unfortunate luck of being released just sandwiched between Battlefield One and Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, the new Call of Duty game. So. It's been uh, gone down in price. I think Walmart's had it for like forty bucks during Black Friday. There was plenty of places that uh, were selling it for like thirty. But it is a fantastic game, no matter what platform you get it on. Of course, I'm playing it on PS4. But uh, if you loved the first game, but you felt it kind of lacking, this should be the answer to your wishes uh, as far as the progression of the series. I'm just hoping that. Uh, it actually makes money enough for them to want to continue to keep on doing it. So, t- 
Titanfall 2 is wonderful. And um, I don't know if I have any other news because as I'm recording this, got 10 minutes till showtime for ETL. So <laughs> I should probably, uh, you know, stop it right here. But uh, is, as always, guys, thank you for putting out content, for contributing and working together on this wonderful uh, podcast. And uh, I uh, hope you're all keeping warm and uh, staying close with family and friends. friends and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I can't imagine getting through another year. Definitely can't imagine getting through the holidays without... Uh, hearing from you guys uh, like the way I've been doing for like the past four or five years. So uh, thank you for all of that. Break a leg on the show tonight, guys, and I will check you later. Bye. Thank you so much, Adam. Uh, That show he was talking about, I released a patron-only show called Thanks for the Memorex. Uh, I recently listened to this. We'd gone through our old cassettes. Emma was like, kind of fascinated by cassettes and Heather was playing her old like mixtapes that she'd made and I was going through my cassettes and I found this cassette where it was uh Vanessa and my friend Ray and I being uh jackasses like we're just being really silly and using dropping a lot of f-bombs just being bug man uh, no, that's VHS. Oh, okay. um, this is like audio of us doing like talk shows, radio uh, call-in shows, and stuff like that. So I made like a thing, uh, a show of that, and kind of like interrupted and would say different things. And then at the end, I added a part when I was in the band that uh, you saw me perform live. Uh-huh, I did. And so I included like three songs just to give an idea and explain <laughs> that that first night we ever played. Uh, that's when I started talking to Heather at the party back at the house. And uh-huh. we were basically inseparable ever, you know, right after that, you know, that was the night we met and it was all over the night. We creeped her out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was a mirror, like a walled mirror, like the closet. It was all a mirror. Yeah. And she was sitting on a, um, a love seat, just kind of sitting there and there's people like mingling or whatever. And Jason we, and I were, we in were the room. Yeah, we were, you know, I sat down and I was talking to her, and then you came in and we were talking, but we weren't talking to each other. We were talking to each other through the mirror. <laughs> like, I would go, hey, Steven, what's up? And I was talking to your reflection, and she was like, you guys are creeping me out. Because <laughs> we were just being spazzes. But I'll never forget this. Heather was wearing these jeans that were perfectly white, white jeans. And the first thing I said to her, this is my, this is my line. Your, your line. I go, hey, how do you keep those jeans so white? <laughs> and she goes, actually, I work at a dry cleaners. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> she had like the perfect answer for the question. And, and just from there, you know, we're inseparable. But We didn't, we didn't scare her off too bad <laughs> But we never talked to each We didn't look at each other ever that night. We always answered <laughs> we through, the through the mirror. We were being weirdos, weren't we? <laughs> were we drunk? Probably. Oh, I I was so nervous about us playing at that club, the Dog Stars, this tiny mm. hole in the wall place. I had been drinking literally all day. I was to the point that even though I was still drinking, my body was like, you can't be any more drunk <laughs> than you are right now, Jason. 
I was like, it was almost like, I think what it was, was the alcohol wasn't working because I was so nervous. Right. And then when we performed, the adrenaline and excitement kicked in and it felt like I was sober again. Right. And it was so weird. And we went back to our house and they, I remember earlier, uh, somebody had got a keg and I'll never forget this one point I was outside uh, talking to somebody, we were like in the parking lot. There was like a church next door to our house and I was in the parking lot and, uh, we had been, everybody was partying all night. It was just really exciting, you know? And I remember looking up and going, I was like, what are you guys doing? And there was people on the roof of the house, like going, Woo, man, what's going on? And I was like, somebody's going to fall off and die tonight. I just know it. Nobody did. But I remember people had gone so crazy, like just act, you just, I don't know, just like we're all pumped up right. that people are standing on the roof of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's so funny is I remember... I don't know why I had a pocket full of change, like a shit, like quarters, nickels, dimes, just a shitload of change in my pocket. I was always broke at this time, but I had a lot of change in my pocket. It was like jingling around. And I remember, uh, I laid down on the floor. Like I was like passing out and like, I just remember waking up and I had a shitload of change all next to me on the floor <laughs> that it all come out of my pocket. Uh, I don't know why I remember that, but it was just funny. Kind of like, what happened? <laughs> my change is on the floor, man. But that was fun. Um, and I'm glad you enjoyed that, Adam. You know, I when I was listening back to the stuff with Vanessa and Ray, I was like, nobody is going to want to listen to this. It's, <laughs> it's, it's entertaining to me. <laughs> And probably Vanessa and Ray, but nobody else. But I thought you guys might... I mean, one of my inspirations for doing this show, like when I first heard what podcasting is, I was like, oh man, I'd love to do something like that again. We had so much fun. We would spend the night making these tapes, and then we go, okay, now let's listen back to it, and we'd be laughing. And then later on, we did it on video, too. i got to find a way to convert VHS to a video and put something on YouTube, like... Vanessa and Ray and I, we reenacted Bad Ronald, where I was Bad Ronald. And we also created The Adventures of Bugman, where I had pantyhose on my head. And the legs were like antennas. And uh, I do remember that. <laughs> just completely insane. But I had so much manic energy when I was that age. I don't know where I got it from, but I was like literally Daffy Duck. Like, whoo! Just acting totally goofy, um, but that was on a fun. public setting, and you clam. Yeah, up. just totally quiet. <laughs> oh, that guy—he's so quiet. So got, you, you know, should know this guy in private. He's, he's crazy, crazy. insane. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Sorry about the popping. I don't know why my mic is doing that. It's really weird. Time to retire it. It's time to retire my mic. But I am going to uh, buy a new mic, and uh, it will never happen again. Hopefully nobody notices it. A lot, a lot of times when I'll uh, ask somebody about something, you know, hey, did that bother you? They're like, what are you talking about? But um, if you're interested in being a patron like Adam and Ken, go to patreon.com slash landfill, and you become a patron of the show. How cool is that, Steven? Awesome. My voice went kind of uh, crazy there, didn't it? I'd like to say, uh, give a shout out to all the patrons right now. 
and thank them for supporting the show for all this time. And I want to apologize for us having a little lull in production there, but uh, we're definitely going to do a Rogue One show. And I really do want Stephen and I to do a bad Ronald commentary. (laughs) Uh, But guys, I'd like to thank Xavier, Professor Xavier, Ken Proventure. Awesome, Ken. Ross Pony. I will send you the leak very soon, Ken. Ronald Spoth. Adam Sexton. And I won't read what his email is because it's so funny. (laughs) Don't read his email. (laughs) Stephen Wiley. Jennifer Morris, who passed away, but she will always be one of our patrons. Steve Steinbach. Rick Lidster. Ricky. (laughs) Ricky. John Waltz. Jenny, Carl, Slade Bailey, Brandon, Kelly, B. Sly, Mark Anderson, Mr. Anderson, Darren Finlan, Bill Swollen Toe Lochner. You think you'll mind that nickname? No. Mike Metcalf, Jason Schwinchock. Brian, Sean Uyoka, Nathina Lewis, Adam Howard, and Hodor. Thank you guys so much for being patrons of the show. If you'd like to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash landfill. You can gain access immediately to Thanks for the Memorex, the show I've just talked about. But guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to ETL News. Steven, thank you so much for joining me. Fun show and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to need to just buy Bad Ronald, because how are we going to do a commentary unless I have it? Yeah, I'm going to have to... There's quick research, real quick. Let's check on Amazon and see how much Bad Ronald is. It can't be more than a dollar. Well, I, I paid $2 for that movie. I would. Bad Ronald DVD, $11.78. I could have it by December 12th. Yeah, there you go. Whoa, check out this one. Bad Ronald, fifty-two ninety-eight. I think I'll take the $11 version. <laughs> Why is that one so much? Yeah, Bad Ronald. There we go. Beautiful movie. How bad is Ronald? The Wood family finds out when they move into a house with an extra the realtor didn't know about. Teenage Ronald, who's been hiding in a secret room ever since he killed a neighbor girl. Ronald was a little weird when he entered the room. Now he's creepy, scary, crazy. <laughs> and he finds the three pretty wood daughters very, very interesting. A fine cast that includes Scott Jacoby, Kim Hunter, and Dabney Coleman. Maintains a nerve tightening atmosphere of suspense as Ronald begins terrorizing the unsuspecting family. Bad Ronald. Great horror flick. Okay, I just want to just tell you guys cheesy as hell you will laugh your ass off <laughs> it's not terrifying at all it's not a horror movie it's scary it's a disturbing idea yes but it, they don't pull it off without you kind of laughing i love bad Ronald. it's hilarious uh but guys thank you so much for listening to the show and uh steven yes sir get out there watch some tv i will watch some movies uh-huh And, uh, we'll see you next time! See ya!
Alright you primitive screwheads listen up. That was the show. Check you laters. This is a meanie. Now this is podcasting.